Well, everybody, we have a very, very, very special show today. I'm very happy and excited and proud and honestly very lucky, I think, these days to get Mr. Mo Bat back on the show. Hello, hello. What's about time? What's it? Oh, man. I was trying to think of how many shows have gone through since you, uh, you know, I wouldn't say you took a hiatus, but you just had so much stuff going on. Um I was trying to think. I know that... So the whole trip to America, that was about six and a half weeks. I didn't do an episode every week. I think I did four in those six weeks. And then there was still a, a, few, a handful before that. I know I did... Um, it was a lot because I did I did like three or four interviews. So I think it's been like three months or something or more. I can remember being on an episode in 2022 i guess that's insane man that's really crazy, crazy. that's really crazy. well let's talk about what you've been up first off hi i missed you <laughs> hi i miss you too I very much for those who don't know i haven't even seen you privately that's true. I haven't seen you this year, I guess. I mean, it's it's so unbelievable. Like you're you're in like my closer group of friends too, so it's really insane that we haven't seen each other at all. Um but we've both had a lot going on. Obviously, new family, new work. It's it's a lot for everybody. Um but what have you been going like so now you're you're at Magenta and at Badisharunfunk? Like how is that? What's how, when did all that start? Um yeah, new jobs for me. Like I finished my volontariat at the end of January and then were the Winter Olympics where I worked uh, around with uh, my other podcast. Then I was looking for jobs and then at some point um, it turned out to be working for Magenta Sport and Bayerischer Rundfunk, um, both as a freelancer. Did they approach? Um, did they approach you at the same time, or did you approach them? Um, like with with Magenta, like I already <clears throat> worked there on the weekends, so it was just a casual conversation about, okay, do you want to do more days here? And with Bayerischer Rundfunk, um, <laughs> at some point in March, I got an SMS from an unknown number. I thought it was a hoax first. Really? Oh, that's <laughs> oh okay. That was them offering you the work. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Um, and now we're here. Yeah. And around Easter, I've been um, like, I guess we could say we were both on travels to, um, how do you say, to find American roots. You've been to the states, and I've been to Ireland. Right. Right, dude. Well, I, they've heard all about my um, America trip because I, I detailed a lot of it along the way. I guess I haven't told every story, but we don't know anything about your trip to Ireland, man. Who did you go with? How long were you there? Mm, like the thing is, my little sister, who might be also happy to hear us again here because she's a great fan of this podcast. Hi, Louisa. Hi. Um, she doesn't. I don't know if you. Is it a thing in the states? Au pair? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, we say, op- we butcher it, we say au pair. <laughs> okay, okay, like, that's what she does in in Ireland, in the southwestern Ireland. Oh, um, wow, okay. Since September, um, for everybody who might not know what is, is this kind of a deal for young people after they graduate from high school to 
go to other countries and have a place to stay, etc. And um, they stay with families and they like take care of daycare for 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 little kids of the families. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's basically the model. I've never met so many au pairs in my <coughs> life until I moved to Munich. Like, I mean, I guess in New Orleans, you you don't really if they go away, you don't know who they were, who went away to do to be an au pair, but like. Here, I think I know, I must know seven or eight or even ten girls who... Like girls from Munich that went somewhere or girls that work here as an au pair? Um, I don't know any, anyone here who currently works as an au pair, but, I, but, but, but both. Like I know girls who, who are from here or immigrated here and mm-hmm. they were either an au pair here at one point or in a different country and then came back to Germany. Okay, so funny. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I always believed it is a very German thing, like that only um, <laughs> German uh, kids do it <laughs> to to go to other places. Um, well, it's cool that that Louisa did she get to did she get to choose Ireland or did that just come up through an agency? How did she land that? Mm, she wanted to go to to London first, but that didn't work out. I guess probably because I everybody everybody wants to go to London. Yeah. Um, and then she i don't i don't know exactly how she when the, the idea first came up to go to ireland but yeah then it it worked through an an agency and she found a family um through that that she first had issues because she could find a family and it turned out it's not because <coughs> like uh it's not because of her but because of the the time frame that she gave the agency f- first which would have ended like two months before the end of school. Oh, okay. So families would not take her because they say, we don't get another au pair for the last two months of school. Um, okay. And then, and then she, she changed that to stay the whole school year for the kids there in that uh, family. It's next to Cork. Oh, that's Ireland. nice. That's nice. Um, and yeah, now she's there. And all of that was the reason why my family said, okay, this is a... Um, like a, a kind of a chance or um it's like a good yeah, opportunity to go to go a see good ireland to go to ireland because it's not i don't know uh, a favored um vacation destination in many cases i guess from from central europe so you have an occasion to go there right. and um so my my family rented this great house um the which is I think you might like this. Um do you know the island where Luke Skywalker lives in Star Wars episode seven, like the new one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. On, on that island like with the Where cr- these little tiny weird fluffy penguins are, etc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were living right in front of that on the sh- on the on in, uh, on the bay. You're kidding. You could yeah. see that island from where you were? Yeah. Wow, dude, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah, you don't hear about Ireland being like a, a a vacation spot so often. I mean, you, like I think if you have people who enjoy going to places with a lot of history or myth or like just beautiful landscape, then you then it comes up like second ring. But usually, first round vacations like they want to go somewhere sunny and beachy. Yeah, but Ireland Plus, has it's like story and it's like ancient rocks and myth and cave or whatever you know it's something different yeah and i I think plus like if like in my case me and my girlfriend we joined the family long story short 
because my mom told me at some point, hey, we got this house. There's an, uh, an, an extra room for you. Would you like to come with us? And so we, we went there as well, got our own car because you need a car there. You don't get around without it, really. Um, okay. And also had our base there at that great house that my family rented. Um, but if that would have been the case, I, I'm not sure if I would have done it because there's quite some effort coming with it, like the car. And if you're basically, if you're under 27, it's hell of expensive and super um, complicated to rent a car there. And without a car, you don't go an anywhere, basically. If you're if under you're, 27. Yeah. Like, they don't want young people to drive. That's I don't a know why. That's a very that? weird rule. I think in the States, it's 21. But that's, I guess, no more normal. It's in that range. Yeah. Like, the thing is, you can rent a car, but it costs you extra hundreds of euros for a few days just because you are below 27. Um, I, guess, I guess the accident case rate is probably a lot more a lot higher with younger people yeah and there's an extra fee for that like that's there, crazy. there's an ex extra rate for for um you have to pay a certain kind of waiver to get through that you're under 27 and still rent that car oh, i think man. it's just a business model basically by these car rentals because they know people need cars if they come here right and uh, we can make a lot of money out of it but yeah what i want to say is like there are if you want to go to islands quite some efforts that come with it and we've been there for 10 days now and i i must say if not like 50 percent of it or even more way more probably would have been already set up and organized by my family i'm not sure for that short period of time if i would have done that what do you mean you know what i mean like uh, the house the car the flights um planning um, on how long do you stay where, etc. Like the, like every aspect of this vacation was mapped out to yeah. the T. And you're saying that if you were, if you were going on your own, like just you and your girlfriend, yeah. you probably wouldn't have done it that way. Ex yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have gone to Ireland without the occasion of my sister being there and right. my family already taking care of so much for that short period of time. Like we were there for ten days. Like you have to come one day for travel each right so like for eight days i think if i hadn't had the occasion and that set up because you said people don't go to ireland i wouldn't have done it as well i think oh i see for what seven, you mean yeah for seven eight days like okay you i know you just drive down to italy or france or something yeah um, sure sure it's easier to drive from from here to there, yeah. those places um yeah i think it would be the same case for me i, I mean unless there was you know, like, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but we went to Brighton once, and um, <laughs> it's the same for me. Like, I, I We had such a long break, now we can talk about it as much as we want, <laughs> I think. If we hadn't um, had, you know, such a cool opportunity to play some concerts there, I never in my ever in my life would have thought, like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Brighton, because it just doesn't, like... It's not on this long list, you know, of things you want to vacation to. It comes up for either, like you said, a special reason. You have family in Ireland who helps host you. Or, you know, like, we're going to pay you for the travel and for your, you know, for you to stay there and play a show. That's the circumstantial vacation spots. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned, I thought about this. It's funny that you mentioned these uh, rental car issues. Because I'm curious if the struggle with getting a car for a reasonable price in Ireland, sorry, 
is connected to the same issue that we had uh, in America. Like, oh, sorry, I've got so much stuff in my throat. Hold on. Oh, sorry. So, like, we were tried to get a rental car for just the two weeks that we were spending in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Much less, you know, like, not the whole six-week trip where we could have probably used having our own car. But just the two weeks in New Orleans and throughout, I don't know if they did this in Germany too, uh, maybe not, but I guess you would know. Uh, In the States, during the pandemic, the rental car companies were so strapped for income because nobody was traveling that they started selling off their lot. And so they sold off the majority of their vehicles. So now that rental car travel is becoming more necessary or more, more regular again, they don't have enough vehicles to promise everybody a ride, so they hike up the price to reserve the car for you. So in, for six weeks, a car, well, I don't know, For I mean, for, for two weeks, I mean, I don't know if it would have been, it's usually like 30 or 50 bucks a day or something. It would have been like a few hundred bucks plus the insurance or whatever. Um, but they were going to charge us for two weeks over $2,000, Ooh, which was such a hiked up price. And my brother was like, you know, it's crazy right now in America. Every rental car company, all the big ones are, their prices are through the roof because they just don't have enough cars like they used to. So they hike up. It's like a bad, this is like, um, you know, capitalistic strategy. And so we, we also never rented a car on that whole trip. And as opposed to when we usually always do it. And when you mentioned that, Ireland was charging extra fees just because you're not 27. I wonder if they also perhaps had to sell off some of their lot and found that as an interesting, you know, contractual fee to add. Or or maybe they've always had it. I don't know. But did you hear anything about that, about rental cars selling off their lot? To I'm stay? not sure, but I'm also not sure from, like, <laughs> from Ireland, where do you, to where do you want to sell them? You could only sell them to Scotland or England. Ah, okay. Oh, well, yeah, right, because the cars are, are reversed yeah. seats, right? Yeah, then maybe not. Maybe they didn't Maybe they didn't have to worry about it in Ireland. But in the States, that was really interesting how they had to sell everything off. Um, do you know, did you hear anything about that in Germany, if they did that, did that here? But I don't, uh, no, I didn't, I don't. I, okay. I did, I never, I never rented a car in Germany, actually. Yeah, that's fair. I don't, I don't do that either. Just, but, uh, besides, yeah. besides these, these car sharing models around right cities right right no okay that's not not such a huge deal but that's something that came to mind so what was your i mean you went there for eight days what was your what were the your favorite parts and you know Mm, like um you mentioned already island has so much much history and myth and i've never been to to any european country where I experienced that you would really feel that history this country has right when you get there mm-hmm. and just by by strolling around um and finding some ruins walking around cliffs whatever um old lighthouses whatever um right right and that's super interesting because I mean Ireland has such a crazy history um and yeah and the, and the nature is is just unbelievable like these huge cliffs these everything super green like this these kind of clichés but but still it was something something new and because of the gulf stream 
like we had we had fresh strawberries from Ireland, like which is s- far up north. Mm-hmm. And it in in early April we had fresh strawberries from Ireland and they were delicious. Oh my god, that sounds um, awesome. Yeah, and so yeah, nature history, these kind of yeah. Did you guys myths you get? Yeah. But unfortunately, we couldn't go to the Star Wars Island. You're not allowed to, or yeah, you, you're not allowed because, like, if you've seen Star Wars, there are these kind of stone huts on that island, etc. Yeah, and those are real because um, there was a monastery in starting from sixth century, which is an absolutely crazy idea because oh my god, back then it was the the most western point of the world, and this there's not any point that like says okay it's a good idea to to live on that crazy island and i would love to 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 see that but you're not allowed to go there before may because there's the world biggest population of puffins and they breed there oh the puffins are actually are there on that island breeding yeah wow okay i didn't know that and so um you're not allowed to go there but yeah like the whole the whole scenery and I must say I'm still not sure what I think about Dublin. We've spent the last two days there. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because that's you know that that that's a city people would probably go to the most if they travel there. Yeah, um, like my experience was like we had one uh, the the first day we were like okay we just want to get drunk because after. I had to, to, to drive the car for many, many hours for six days. It was the first day when we, we drove the car back to Dublin to the to the, the car rental. And I was like, okay, until we fly home, nobody has to drive. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. We're in Dublin. Let's find a pub. Um, yeah, let's get drunk. Yeah, exactly. And I I just didn't find, but <clears throat> I was there for only two days, I must admit, but it's also not that huge. Um, I didn't f- find the kind of I don't know core or like authentic in that in that city besides all this this party culture ah really but but I think but I think part of this because you think about Dublin the the city of famous uh, writers Oscar Wilde Beckett etc right Um, but it's a completely another time and you and I I started to realize as we were walking down the the port that there has been so many things happening in that in in that country and in that city, especially within the last twenty years. Like now, you have around this, um, like next to the port, all these huge, crazy new buildings: Google, Facebook, Indeed, Amazon, whatever. Really? Uh, yeah, all these huge American companies like have their <laughs> their European uh, seat in Ireland. Wow. Because they're basically not really paying taxes there, but still Ireland profits of that. Um, How are they getting away with not paying taxes there? Like they are paying taxes, but but like cheaper ones. Cheaper ones. Like they 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 needed to have a something, like some, not franchise, but a what do you, how do you call it? Like a like, conglomerate or a monopoly or something. Now they have to an office within the EU for the EU businesses. Oh, like the headquarters or something. Yeah, exactly. And so they obviously chose the country because Ireland was so poor that they needed to do something about it. And they were they still are profiting of that. They were kind of um, getting all these huge companies 
to come to Ireland because they were they they are paying super low taxes compared to other European countries, but still Ireland profits a lot off these taxes because these companies are so huge. Okay, I didn't know anything about. I didn't. I, I've also never really been completely up to date on Ireland's history, or, or I just mm. know some things of the culture. Of course, there's a lot of great musicians and writers that come out of there. Um, you know, Liam Neeson, that's <laughs> a great actor. But, but yeah, there's. I don't know too much about it so i didn't even know that that it was so poor that they needed to make some big plan like that but it's interesting to hear stuff like that about different countries especially now that i'm closer to that one than i am to the states you know Mm. um but was there anything about it that uh, on that trip i guess besides the dublin uh thing with the businesses that you that either like shocked you in a good or bad way or anything that will stick with you where you thought like "Mm, i didn't expect to see that Hmm. Or was it kind of what you thought it would be, and it was a nice time, like average? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say average. Like, I have to think about it. like, like one thing that I definitely did did not expect is that um, around Dingle, which is near the westernmost point of Europe, um, like on the western coast of Ireland, obviously, um, that there are <laughs> humongously big sharks around that area like these what nine meter long sharks live there what <laughs> off the coast of of what's it called dingle <laughs> dingle yeah sharks in like these dingle huge sharks um wait who did they tell you that or did you see anything like who like i've been to in dingle um there's an, an kind of an aquarium to to show like the the local water culture basically and they were and they were not having these huge sharks but yeah they were um basking sharks oh wow look at that yeah there's a dingle ocean world well that's like exactly there there we've been in ocean world aquarium dude look at this monster oh my god yeah, and there are um, over, and it says yeah there are over thirty types of shark found in Irish waters. I think we're looking at the same page. This is so yeah. interesting. When it says something like these creatures have been on the planet for over five hundred million years, my brain just goes like, <laughs> what? Yeah. What does that even mean? It's such a huge number. I was trying to see about the size because we went to. Um, the Audubon Aquarium in New Orleans. I haven't been to an aquarium in forever. And we went in there and it was so, like, such a great experience. I would go there every day if it wasn't $30 to go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you walk in, there's these artificial life-size replicas of a great white shark mm-hmm. and a whale shark hanging from the ceiling. Like, they're swimming above you. Mm. And it's really terrifying, and you really just yeah. are—you're just in awe. Like I've yeah. always, I've always wanted to go. I, I've been to the Natural History Museum in New York, but I haven't been to, unfortunately, this particular room, um, where they shot part of the movie *The Squid and the Whale*, where they have um, a life-size replica of the sperm whale, the blue whale, mm-hmm. hanging from the ceiling to show you the largest animal on the planet. And I've seen little videos of it on YouTube and stuff, and I get really obsessed with it because it's so overwhelming and so scary, but also beautiful. And like, 
it just makes you question a lot of things when you see an animal so large. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to see that, but this was the closest thing so far. That that whale shark. It. I mean, it's like, uh, like a. Almost, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a school bus, but almost. It's very large. And you can. I mean, and for a sperm whale, you know, a human man can swim in the veins. Yeah. That's unbelievable to me. Like, how That's does that even crazy. make sense? That's so huge. The yeah. heart the heart is the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. I think it's the size of a small compact car. <laughs> so it's really it's really crazy. I got really obsessed with it uh over the past <laughs> years. But yeah, the, like seeing the sharks, there weren't any um sharks that size in the Audubon Aquarium, but they did have um I think a tiger shark mm-hmm. and another smaller one that was like three meters long or something which isn't too small if you're in the water with it Mm -hmm. um but a lot of crazy fish they had the largest uh sea turtle i've ever seen in my life it was like i don't know i mean it was like if i stood with my arms and legs out stretched out as wide as i could and that would be um like kind of where the shell ends i mean it was just huge it was so big um, and that was beautiful. And f- for the first time, because I always see kids doing this in aquariums, for the first time, I finally went to the part where they have all the kids next to the sh- the shallow water and the stingrays are swimming around. And I finally got the nerve to touch a couple of stingrays. And it's really interesting. It's like a, a cat like a a water cat (laughs) because it's kind of like it's a little picky it's a little unsure it's not so warm of like a it's not like a dog that wants to run up to you and like you know hug you it's this thing of like well i'll test this out and so it goes it's like this thing that comes by a few times sometimes really close to the water and sometimes really low where you couldn't reach it at all and when it feels ready when it wants to if you're lucky it'll come to the surface and slow down. So it really, <laughs> it prepares itself. It's like, okay, this person has their arm out and it da-da-da-da-da-da, closer, closer. And it really comes up, like maybe an inch above the, the surface, uh, mm-hmm. an inch below the surface and just slows down. And so you take your two fingers from the top of the head all the way back to where the tail starts, just like sliding all the way across the body. And it's so slimy. You think, you think <laughs> when you put your fingers up that there's going to be this like stringy snot yeah, but it's not. It's nothing there. It's just so smooth. It's so water ready. It's so like made for the water. <laughs> and they were some of them were very big, like this, you know, bigger than a dinner plate, like quite mm-hmm. large stingray. So that, that was really, that was really cool too. Uh, and one one time we uh, were touching one, and another person touched it at the same time, and I think it got nervous. And it, you know, how they have these wings, sort of. It mm-hmm. flapped its wings up on the back, like pop, like popped the hand. On the top, we were like, whoa, whoa, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but that was so cool. So I you- love I love what kind of passion you get about aquariums. So do I. But I, I just have this, this, this image in my head of you being in the States. And for, <laughs> for six weeks straight, like your family drops you off at this aquarium and picks you up at night. And you're in there looking for sharks and stingrays all day, learning all kinds of facts. Oh man, it, I have my my friend Lauren put it perfectly. She says every time that she visits the aquarium, she realizes again that her dream job is to be a marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I know, me too, right? 
It's so, I mean, these there's so many crazy fish. And what's cool about the Ottoman Aquarium is that they have these, I don't know, I guess that's pretty common, but they have these really interesting themes that you walk walk through. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing that you walk through is that famous archway glass tunnel. You know what I'm talking about in aquariums, mm-hmm. these huge underwater tunnels. And you just feel like you're really in the ocean. And it's so full of stingrays and like exotic, crazy looking fish and sea turtles. And it's all around you. And you just can't help but like get so like swallowed up by it. And the fir- and just as you cross that, it, it goes into like an ancient like Mexican ruins theme where they have these fake statues that are like chipped apart looks like it's been underwater for thousands and thousands and thousands of years and you know coming out of it is this giant eel this like morima mm-hmm. or whatever eel that's um it's so cool it's just so cool and they have real they have piranhas um that are really scary looking like really scary looking and they even have some macaws and parakeets and the cool thing was at the very very end when you're going through the last room um, there's just a full-grown owl, not <laughs> why <laughs> not in a cage, like just in. Oh, you go through okay. this little hallway and it opens up and you get the sunlight from the glass ceiling, mm-hmm. and you're looking around and you see like a couple of last little fish and stuff in the in the little tanks next to you. And if you look up, there's this wall, like this slanted wall of rocks. I guess that goes up to a walking path for the employees. Um. And there was just a, a full-grown gray, I forgot the type of owl, but there was a sign next to it is like the so-and-so adult male owl or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's just there asleep. And you just walk by, you're like, oh my God, that's Hedwig. He's huge. It's <laughs> <laughs> so big. Nice. But yeah, I love aquariums. I, I would always go with anybody to an aquarium. What is, what's been Munich the, the weirdest, yeah, Munich has one um, at the Olympia Park. Oh, that's right. Um, what's the, the, the weirdest or most interesting fish fact that you learned on your aquarium visit in New Orleans? Because I have a, a pretty weird one that I learned in, in the aquarium in Dinkle. Uh, crazy fish fact. Um, well, I was trying to think if I really paid so much attention to the facts <laughs> and much less just stared at them. I, I did, like, they did make piranhas seem a little bit more understandable. They were, it, it wasn't so strange, but it was like, you have this idea, this fantasy that, that piranhas are just these highly aggressive animals that are out for blood all the time, no matter what. But they say that a piranha usually doesn't become this hyper-violent monster that it can become unless it's been starved unless it's just there's no food for days and it needs anything that jumps in the water, then it has been known to attack humans. But if it's a normal, like in the native uh, lands where piranhas come from, I don't know if it was somewhere in Africa or Asia, but if you are swimming in a river with them, wherever they come from, if, if you're swimming in a river with them or something like the natives of that, of those regions swim alongside them safely and like fish around them like you would how some people scuba dive around sharks and it's and so, nothing happens sometimes. Um, and they were saying if it's, if it's like plentiful waters, certain times of the year, they're eating a lot, they don't even look at you, there's no problem. But if it's a difficult time of the season, there's not much stuff happening in the rivers where they, where they are. If you were to just fall in the water, perhaps on a bad day, 
then yes, you would definitely get attacked. And I was like, oh, that makes them a bit more understandable. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like anybody's, the survival. Don't you, don't you not know this guy on TikTok who has piranhas and um, like people comment on what he should try to feed them? And he also kind of explains what kind of meat they like and what not and, uh, and which times. And he has this huge tank with his piranhas in it. And then he drops a whole chicken in it. And they're hungry. And like within three seconds, there's only the bones left. That's so insane. <laughs> Is it? I'm trying to look. Piranha Bites official? I'm not maybe? sure. Oh, per, maybe it's Piranha 43,000 follow Piranha Chile. I don't know. I'll find I think, it. But I think you'll find it. But the, the weirdest fish fact I learned yeah, in, tell that, me. in that aquarium is that there's a certain kind of shark. They're not the, the biggest one, but still still huge. Like, I mean, over three meters long or something, but no. um, I can't remember the name, but these kind of sharks that also live around that area in Ireland, in Irish waters. And um, like when the females get pregnant, they have two wombs. And in each one are um, several fetuses but those fetuses are cannibals. They what? eat each other until there's only one fetus left in each womb, which must be the strongest one, and those two are born. You're kidding me. Like, potentially, the, the, the shark female could have, like, ten babies, but they start eating each other, and so she always only gets two. I never... And it's just this particular breed of shark. Yeah. I never heard that before. That's wild, man. That's absolutely wild. There's so many, like, there's so many, thi- and this is kind of <laughs> maybe super abstract for anyone who is <laughs> listening, but there's so many things that animals underwater do that are just mind-boggling. Like, we can leave it with this one, but the last one that I, I'm still in, like, shock of it was one of the most recent David Attenborough's. I don't know if it was one of the Planet Earth series or not, but a pretty recent one, I'd say, uh, where they talk about this one particular small fish that's in the ocean. And um, he goes, it's it's time to mate. He wants to attract a mate. And in order to do that, he goes to a big open plot of sand that isn't too dirty. And he goes around and he takes his little mouth and he takes all the little twigs and leaves and stones and shells and moves everything out And then using his little body, flapping his tail into the sand and digging his head into it and stuff and fanning little pieces of sand in the water with his wing or his fin, he ends up creating this enormous, like perfectly accurate, symmetrical fractal design in the sand. Mm -hmm. The same way that you would imagine like some stoner's you know, rug on the wall, like this perfect fractal fractal mm-hmm. design, symmetrical thing to, you, you can just stare into. And no fish's design is the same. And um, they have the, I, they have the understanding that um, like it's, it can only be there for a limited time. So he does touch-ups constantly so that when the waves come in, the tides change or whatever, something happens, that it stays consistently present until the, a girl fish just wanders by and sees it. And then mm-hmm. she has to inspect his work and say, mm, let me see your artwork and let me check, <laughs> check these corners. And did you did you color inside the lines or not? You know. <laughs> and if they like it, then they mate. But isn't that just like he that's such a crazy evolutionary design that a fish will design 
like a, like make a design in the sand like the and it's huge it's it's i don't know how yeah. many in diameter if it's like six meters or something but it's enormous and it's this big beautiful art piece for a mate it's crazy but it but it's it's the same with with birds isn't it like the males oh, the, building the birds nests. of paradise and the birds of paradise that's really the crazy one like like birds birds building like male birds building nests and the females like made with the one that built the 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 best or most pretty nest that was also super super cute to see in that aquarium because it must have been mating time for some penguins because they had penguins and penguins like built their nests out of stones so the males like and penguins are walking kind of cute and funny anyway walking around picking up one little stone each time and like starting to build these huge stone nests so that they <laughs> could mate super did they pick funny up, cute did, to watch did they pick up the stone with their beak or would they try and yeah. hold it with their fins <laughs> imagine they're like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, yeah. There's so much cool stuff there, but so you you went to the aquarium in, in Dingle and heard about the big sharks and stuff. And then yeah. since you've been back home, what's what else has been going on? So it's really just a lot of work for you, right? Really, just a lot of work, I must say. Yeah, um, like especially um, working as a freelancer now and um, like taking care of. Stuff like Finanzamt, etc. You know my yes, friends. The most fun thing ever. <laughs> Finanzamt. And yeah. and for, I guess we both dealt with Arbeitsamt in the most recent exactly. uh, year or so. Yeah. That's also a exactly. real blast. All these these kind of um, fun things to do like this. Um, yeah. This next weird big step of adultness. <laughs> Dude, there's nothing scarier than changing your career path in Germany and going through the process of getting letters in the mail from either the Arbeitsamt or the Finanzamt or your insurance or all three and just being panicked every time that whatever you yeah. open is going to say that you registered something wrong or wrote something wrong or listed it wrong. And uh, now you either have to pay a huge fee or you get like a red flag or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like in the, isn't it, like that that in the year 2022 unless you run a big business or you're really old like getting mail like physical mail means stress absolutely for me it, like for you me, only 100%. get 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 uh, mail in your mailbox from like yeah, insurances um if you if something wrong with your taxes um invoices whatever right Right. It's absolutely a horror show. Like I've never, um, I actually have this feeling. This is really true. I have anxiety when I open my mailbox. Same. It, and it's, the only exceptions are if I know that I'm opening it because I know that a package has, has been dropped off in the little box. Like if I ordered a book or mm -hmm. something and it's, an, and I'm like, oh, good, a gift, a package. Yay. And then I can kind of fight through the other feelings. But I constantly, every time I open the thing, even if I'm, I'm right now, I'm not in the midst of changing anything. It's all done. I have to do my visa stuff soon because I passed that B1 test. Yeah. I, tell you, I told you that, right? No. Oh, I passed the B1. Well, re yeah. yeah I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but like now I have to register that with my visa so it's permanent now so that I'm not bothered about it. But like I'm not even in the middle of, in the middle of doing any of that right now. But still when I go to my mailbox and I open it up, it's so... 
I'm so anxious and it's so great when you open it up and either it's just empty completely, no mail has come, yeah. or if you read it and it's all for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Phew, let yeah. me be invisible. Let me stay invisible, please. Yeah. Or on, or it's only this kind of little note that um, you missed a package and it's laying at neighbor X. Right. Or as in, in our case, it's almost always... Uh, at the post filial down on Olmüllstrasse, like uh, okay. they, it's always <laughs> down at the post office. I have a package down at the fucking post office right now, dude. Like ah. it's insane. It's always the same. We're always here. We we're, we're you know we're always home. We have uh, you know we have a family. We both freelance. I work from home. She works from. Home. And still packages somehow find a way to be like, we tried to deliver the package, but yeah. to no avail. We left it at the at the post office down the street. It's like, I, great, I have great, a funny story story about about uh <laughs> about packages being not delivered. Oh yeah, tell me. Because you know I get this this the scooter I ride. Yeah. Um which is electric. So mm. um it has a battery. And the battery I have, there must have been um some issues with that um, charge of production with where my battery came from, so they had to recall it. Like there have been some issues, okay, and every and from serial number blah 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 to serial number X Y, we have to recall all these batteries because there seems to be a problem. Mm. And the thing is, so the plan was that they send me a new battery, and someone's gonna come to pick up the old one. Then I got a call a few weeks ago. Hey, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I'm the guy to pick up your old battery. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I haven't got the new one. I need the scooter. Um, can't you wait until I got the new one? And he's like, okay, you should have like got that got that a few weeks ago. Call oh, that weird. company. And I called them. And the first, there was a guy on the telephone. Yeah, we delivered that package. It says here... Um, it's been given to a neighbor called Boss. And I was like, I don't have a neighbor called Boss. Is there boss. a Hugo Boss store around here? No, it's not. What? And then I, and then he gave me that tracking number, and I checked. And the, the address there was somewhere next to Berlin. So <gasps> I called her again and was like, Oh, no. Um, sorry. <laughs> like, that's not where I live at all. And she's and then what, there was another woman on the phone, like from that hotline. She was like, "Yeah, sure, you don't live there. Like that's our warehouse." Oh, what? So the story was that somebody tried to deliver that package, and um, I wasn't there, or it didn't work out. Even if I was there, like you mentioned it, and so they, um, like they 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 brought it back to the warehouse where it came from, and the delivery guy just noted. That he gave it to the boss um, <laughs> of that warehouse. He put it down that he gave it to the boss of the warehouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just wrote down, deliver to boss. Oh my God, that's so stupid. <laughs> and then, of course, you get the slip. That's so silly. Oh my God, man. <laughs> Delivered to Terry. <laughs> Delivered to Florian. That's so ridiculous, dude. And you're allowed. Back to your story, you're allowed to stay longer in Germany because your right. ability to speak 
the domestic language has grown. You know, I was going to say you missed uh, you missed your opportunity to have a, a partial German episode with me on Damn the 100th episode. True. That was your that was I wasn't going to remind you. But uh, that was I was like if we if he's there, we'll do it. And I had it prepped. I was like practicing. Uh, um but no, we can do that another time. We can do it for the yeah. 500th episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in like 13 years. Um <laughs> No, we, uh, yeah, I passed it. I I think it was, I don't know when I got my email for it. I, I took it bef- just before, just before I left for um, America. So I think it was February, March. I was there all of April. So I think it was like March uh, 27th or something. It was the, just the tail end of the time here before I take, um, the trip to the States for six and a half weeks. So, of course, I was really nervous about it. Um, so I took it. I, I had prepped a little bit. The thing was, uh, I don't know if she listens, listens to this. Probably not. But he, big shout out to your friend Rosa because she helped me so much. So much. She is, um, I don't know her personally so well, but as a, as a, like a teacher, She's so patient and so kind and so understanding and really like positive and she reinforces things I have doubts about and really reassures me that um, that I'm better at this than I think I am and like is so nice about it and she understands uh, when she can and when she shouldn't like speak faster because mm-hmm. she can kind of feel when things are newer for me and when something she thinks I really have it, she speaks as fast as I'm speaking now. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and I get it. Like some of the, a lot of the things that she says, I get it. And we just literally, I have the, the workbook here, but we just took this B1 workbook from the European language center and just workshopped it. And they had all these different sections of, um, sorry, we had all these different sections of when, uh, like what kind of parts of the test that they're going to be. There's going to be this section where you, uh, you read a newspaper article or two, and then you have these different headlines and you have to see what matches. That's normal. So can you, you know, associate things? Then they have, um, of course, the speaking part, which I was really nervous about that because it didn't really seem to go so well, mm-hmm. um, but not for the reasons you think. But then the other sections were, you know, the part that I was scared of the most, which was just a huge paragraph describing something like going on a camping trip and they left out every single daddy das dan dem denen eine 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 every single article and you have to just choose which one it is and man i thought for sure that i at the end i told someone that i think i passed it but not with 100% and in the end i passed it with a 2 which is like for uh, for me it's like a b mm-hmm. uh so i'll happily take a b that's i i actually thought maybe i just barely passed it like i i think you only have to have 60% and i thought i had like 60 or 70% but I guess I had more like 88 or percent or whatever. The, the, nice. so the thing that, which is cool. I'm really happy about that. The speaking part that I was so worried about. Um, so I went to the center and they partner you up with one person that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's like a 15 minute thing. And you walk in with this person that you don't know. You sit across from each other. Um, they, this was before the mandates were lifted. So you had the option of wearing your mask or not for this part. Uh, so the guy I was talking to, he was from Bosnia, and he took his mask off. I t- I kept mine on, and we had this glass between us. And they the 
the thing was he reads a sheet of paper that he reads someone's opinion about let's say fashion like uh mm-hmm. like jesse loves tank tops shorts and flip-flops and then i read the opinion of someone else who's like no i love wearing suits and ties and big jackets yeah. and you have to describe that opinion to each other and kind of um have a point counterpoint and then at the end you have to do something together like we're okay we're going to renovate our apartment together how how would we do that and it's really interesting because I, I understood the assignment and I, when I didn't get something, I asked the questions and it was all in German. It wasn't like I had a problem getting to what I was going to do. But I think the Bosnian guy was a little nervous. I was nervous too, but I think, so he spoke very good German. He had no issues or anything, but he was so nervous, I think, that he just couldn't stop talking. Yeah. I think he wanted to make sure that they know that he understands everything and he can describe everything. And it was so difficult for me to chime in. He basically spoke so quickly and so consistently that I kind of had to like put my hand up to ask him a question or to, to say what we would do next. And it was really, I kept thinking to myself, they haven't heard me say anything yet. Like they don't even know if I'm understanding him because he would just... I asked him something like, so, you know, what do you think about um, sandals and shorts? And he would talk for like three minutes straight, which feels like forever in a test, you know? Yeah. And I, I got, I was like, oh, that's, that, 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 that. I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, ich verstehe, ich verstehe. Like I had to try <laughs> and slow him down. And that did my part. And uh, same with the, that we had this renovating the apartment project. And I was like, so... Um, does Saturday work for you? And he's like, Saturday works great for me. Actually, the weekends always work great for me because normally I work Monday to Friday. I'm actually very good with my hands and what I can do is I can go ahead and build a table that we can use ourselves and you can buy the paint and I can work on the paint and like this whole long thing. And I was like, whoo, boy. But eventually, I guess it went okay. I guess they understood that I'm uh, I'm okay. Maybe it was just a bad thing. But yeah, then thankfully... I'll end it like basically then we went to America and I didn't know for four weeks what was going to happen. And then I got the email from the link, the language center that uh, I passed it. I just have to find time this week to go up to the center and get my certificate. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. Big thanks to Rosa. I, I, told, I sent her a voice message from the States that I had passed it. And I thanked her for it. And um, now I think the thing about learning German, I think, is that now I don't have this, I don't have this pressure from the government yeah. to get to get to a stage. I've I've accomplished that finally. And now I think it's a bit more of a place in my mind where I can say, you know, I want to learn more for me, or for the future, or for comfort, or for you know just because i live here instead of like pe- someone standing over your shoulder and like po- poking you in the back and saying like where's your german how's your german now it can be like okay i'm learning from me I-, I can take my own pace you know i can as long as she has time i would keep working with rosa and um yeah make it make it for myself which i think is a different energy it's more like a sure, confident yeah. you know better for your confidence sure Nice man. I think we got we got so many artsy farts immigrant stories to talk about. I oh, think totally. I have to call it here. And okay. I also want to know more about your your um, U.S. trip. Yeah, but let we me, can talk. 
yeah, there's there's plenty of stuff we haven't got into yet we can tap on in the next one. Yeah. And until then, to, to say it with Johnny Cash, I hope you're proud as you can be <laughs> to be from Tennessee. I hope you're as proud as you can be, be from Tennessee. All right, buddy. Uh, this has been an ultimate pleasure to have you back. And let's try and make this more regular. Yes, I'm sir. Look, I've got some uh, guests on the hook. As a little teaser, I've been talking to our old friend Ali Reza Golafshan. Oh, who has released his second feature film, JGA. Mm. Go watch it. And uh, he's down to come on the show again uh, probably in the next few weeks. So that'll be something we can look forward to. I also have a, a journalist at the Bayerische Rundfunk. Um, I believe she's from... I be- oh, I really don't want to get that wrong. But she's not from Germany, so that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, she's I'll, from I'll make Austria. Sure, yeah, I'll make sure I get it right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's from Austria. <laughs> nice, man. Um, should we... Let's see. I'll just stop recording with you. All right, dude. Um, thank, you, thank you guys so much for listening. You know, you can always support the show. Uh, go to Artsy Fartsy Immigrants on Instagram or Artsy Fartsy Pod on TikTok. Um, send us a DM if you have questions or if you want to be on the show. Send us an email. Everything's in the description. And thank you so much for listening. We love you. We love you. I love you. I have love a great you. week. You too. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. What a wonderful episode. If you enjoyed today's episode and you like our show, please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a subscription or a review or a comment. It really helps new listeners find our show. You can also follow us on Instagram at Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. We're also now on Facebook and on YouTube and on Twitter at Fartsy Artsy. No, at Artsy Fartsy Pod. <laughs> we changed it at Artsy Fartsy Pod. Woo! So, uh, yes. And if you want to financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Jordan Prince and where you can submit for as low as $3 a month some money to help us get this show bigger and better just for you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Look out, baby. The Saints are coming through And it's all over now, baby blue Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5. Musik